Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis present. Look at that hat. This was meant for me. Thanks, Jessica. Okay, we're here with Jessica McCutcheon, who is the, what, what, what is your title? I'm the business and communications manager for Montana Trout Unlimited. Awesome. And I know what Montana Trout Unlimited is and Trout Unlimited. Can you explain what Montana Trout Unlimited is and how that fits into a larger... Sure, sure. I think most of the time, um, well, there's a lot of people who are familiar with Trout Unlimited. There's a lot of members sure. nationally, hundreds of thousands of members. Uh, in the state, we have about 4,500 members. Uh, most of them are fly fishermen, not all of them. Um, and the organization's intent, while we do a lot of like fishing-type activities, we're really a conservation organization. Yeah. And um, Montana Trout Unlimited is its kind of own... We're affiliated, but we have our own budget. Uh, we have our own staff and our own projects in Montana. We work closely with national staff in the area, but we're independent okay and and I, I feel like how it often works is like there will be different chapters within sure okay yeah. so, so how many chapters are there in montana there's 13 chapters Whoa. some of them are more active than others like in missoula the west slope chapter uh kind of kills it with membership they've yeah. got a ton of members uh, got a huge they do a huge dinner every year yeah yeah their banquet is uh crazy popular yep. and uh they raise a ton of funds do a lot of great work around just the general area mm-hmm. so uh even if you lived like in thompson falls you'd still be a west slope member so it's a pretty big geographic okay. area but yeah um and sometimes chapters sort of form around a, an issue right like w- one project sure sure yeah usually well they'll be established and i don't even know exactly how they were all established in sure. montana they were established at different times but um uh, a lot of times they'll rally around a specific uh, project or cause. Um, the Bitterroot chapter is an interesting example. They do a lot of like stream repair work, but mm-hmm. their chapter really focuses on youth education. So they do a lot of, um, you know, like fly tying for kids or um, bug identification yeah. stuff uh for youth, so right. that's kind of their chapter's emphasis. And I feel like that. I feel like sometimes with organizations like this, and there are other. There's like, uh, what's the pheasants? There's one, pheasants forever. Or something. <laughs> pheasants forever. There's ducks unlimited. ducks unlimited. But I mean, they're yeah. all they're they're groups that are uh, conservation groups that are sort of uh, organized around a, a sport, right, or an interest or a hobby. Yeah. Um, and I think some people will say, well, that you know, that's not for me. You know, I don't do that. But it's like some like Trout Unlimited, just because I'm a little bit more familiar with it, I I know that the work you guys do benefits everybody. Right. It's not right. just, you're not turning the Bitterroot River into the perfect Disney World of fly fishing uh, <laughs> destinations. Mm. You know, that's not the, it's to, it's to return it to some yeah, yeah. You know, natural state, basically. And sometimes we even get in trouble um, with our own membership in that uh perspective because we always try and look at what's most beneficial for the ecosystem and what's most beneficial for wild and native trout which isn't always the same as what's most beneficial for uh, a recreational fisher right so you know okay so this is something i've wondered about a lot it's really important not to not to start the interview off with a (laughs) controversial question but i often wonder you know we're all about native and wild yep um 
And I think actually we're really all about native. Like native is, but then we run into like a really tough thing here where, you know, we don't want northern pike in the river. Yep. But we're okay with brown trout and rainbow trout in the river. You know, I organizationally we're okay with brown trout and rainbow trout in the river, but we're not particularly excited about it. Right. I mean, they're there. Yep. They're not really going to go anywhere. It's kind of an impossibility. Um, Pike pose a whole different set of risks, especially to native trout. You know, uh, rainbows will hybridize with native trout, or they compete somewhat for the same food. But um, native trout are food for pike. That's kind of the the biggest separation between those big game fish like walleye and pike right and then and other trout yeah totally yeah yeah but it is one of those things with fly fishermen which sometimes i'm like mm. yeah i mean you're really stoked about that brown trout right but, right but yeah. also maybe uh the world is just different now and we need to accept the fact that it's not going to be just cutthroat and right bull trout well and that's country. true that's that's true especially with warming water you yeah. know um Bull trout only spawn when the water temperature is below 48 degrees. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cold water. That's uh, freezing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's not always... I, I mean, we're lucky here, um, especially in the Missoula area. There's a lots of places where the water is that cold. Um, but it doesn't stay that cold as long as it used to. Uh, fish have to get up higher reaches to reach that sure. cold water. Um I gotta say, I think the bull trout situation on the Blackfoot is really cool. Yeah. I feel like just in the, the 12 or so years I've been fishing here, you see pictures of more and bigger bull trout every single year. And it used to be, I feel like when I moved here, if somebody caught a 26-inch bull trout, everyone in town knew about it, you know, and it was like <laughs> this big freaking to-do. And anymore in the springtime, I feel like, you know, you'll just, every time somebody goes fishing almost, somebody has a big two-handed bull trout to show for. It's really freaking cool, and that does not happen a lot of places in the United States. No, and the Blackfoot area is one that's just like a perfect example of, like, success you can have. Right. Um, when uh, multiple organizations, it wasn't just Trout Unlimited, but the Trout Unlimited chapter there, um, they have their own project manager. Um, her name is Ryan. She lives in Lincoln, and she's just brilliant at building relationships with uh, farmers, with yeah. other users. And they have reconnected so many streams back to the main stem of the Blackfoot that there's all of this. Um, I'm talking with my hands while we're on a yeah. podcast. <laughs> all of this area that's been, um, uh, uh, all of this uh, habitat that's now accessible to bull trout that hadn't been for a long time, or areas where bull trout had been, but they couldn't travel back down to the main stem. Right. Uh, and they're able to do that now. Yeah. Um, and uh, the mine waste is mostly cleaned up. Right. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, what, in the 80s and 90s, nobody fished on the Blackfoot, right? It was, no, it was, it was dead. Toast. Yeah. Uh, and now, I mean, it's it's awesome. It's freaking awesome. And it is totally, it's it's ranchers and farmers and fishermen and conservationists and everybody getting together. Now we need to figure out what to do those fucking tubers. 
and then it'll really, and then it'll really be a perfect situation. I was, I was sitting there talking to my boss before I came over here. Okay, what's a list of things that I don't want to talk about? Today? <laughs> oh, um, oh, whoops! Here's yeah. the idea. Who did who did I come up with? I had a great idea the other day with somebody that we're gonna put on. We're gonna make like sort of just probably brown. We'll buy some brown shirts. And maybe like green pants, just sort of look like forest service kind of people, and hang out at John's Rude with like badges on, and just be like, "Hey guys, it's it's we have a new two dollar fee for tubing, um, and I'm just gonna do it once and make like five thousand dollars in one day. That'd <laughs> be sweet. Um, okay, I won't ask you any more about that. I'm sorry. No, no the only. Um you know, I'll comment on it now that I said that I didn't want to because uh, <laughs> yes. I feel like I'll get a, a like some inquisitive backlash if I don't. But um, I think uh, most tubing is concentrated in corridors that are already urban corridors. So as far as the impact on uh, the river itself, you know, it's probably not as bad as we would think with with people floating down in tubes. Uh, their trash is an issue. Um, but the bigger issue, like you said, that $2 right now funding our aquatic invasive species program are anglers. The only people, uh, other than hydroelectric power that are putting money towards that, that, uh, um, so we support, you know, we don't know how it would work, but maybe like a tag. So when you park at a access site, you have to have that $2 sticker in your window or something. So, so it's shared across all those users. And also those users need to know that when they float the Blackfoot, they can't just haul all their kayaks and everything else over and put it in the Missouri and then come back oh, and put right. it in the Blackfoot. Yeah. So talk talk about that because that's one of the, I would imagine, the most pressing things going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, So pretend somebody has no clue because <laughs> I actually think probably most of our listeners are not fly fishermen. Sure. That's um, sure. me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what what are we talking about when we talk about aquatic invasive species? Well, there's lots of different variety. What's really ex- uh, exciting, maybe exciting is not the right word, but uh, frightening really uh, is that um, last year they tested water in um, Canyon Ferry Reservoir and in Tiber Reservoir and found that there is uh, invasive mussel larvae in that water. They didn't find any adult colonies. They didn't find anything, but they found these mussels. And if you don't know anything about those mussels, um, they've uh, you know taken over areas in the Great Lakes in California. They get into pipes, into hydroelectric turbines. Um, they're really good at cleaning the water, so they will deplete the water of actually beneficial nutrients. Um, Anyways, they're a disaster for an ecosystem. And they basically knock out the bottom rungs of a food chain, right? They and do. It, eventually it gets to the top. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really frightening. And once they take hold, there's really not much to do other than um, try and keep it at some maintenance level. Right. Uh, there's big concerns, especially in the Columbia River drainage, that if mussels get into that water system uh there'll be tremendous problems for hydroelectric power oh that's uh and that's a cost you know a lot of us you know there's people that are like well whatever whoever's on the water you know their boats are going to get muscles on them that's their problem yeah but if it costs more for them to generate power that we're using everybody sees that expense yeah 
Um, it's not just people who like to recreate on the so water. So fly fishermen and hydroelectric dudes are actually behind the same. <laughs> they, they are for once. Wow, for man, once, it's kind of amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so those are what are those? The zebra mussels? They are. Well, there could there a be. Kinds? There's a couple different kinds. They're not entirely sure. They've done DNA sampling mm-hmm. in uh, quagga mussels and zebra mussels are comparable enough that it's hard to determine exactly okay. which one they are but they both suck they both suck they both you know when you ask well what's better to have there isn't really a better to right. have is one tastier <laughs> i was just gonna say which one can we harvest <laughs> can you eat them or they're little i they're little i mean i imagine you could eat a lot of them but <laughs> well let's hope I, we don't right i don't i don't i don't know that they're they are eaten anywhere yeah. i they're filter feeder. Well, I guess all shellfish are filter feeders. So somewhere they're eaten. Yeah, it's gotta be They've, somewhere they eat. Them. Mm, where did they come from? Do we know where they came from? Yeah, yeah. And if I were an expert, I would tell you. But not but the United States. Not the United States. Okay. Um, and it's possible they're retesting now because now is the season that mussels. Those mussels would be breeding. They breed in warm oh, water. Okay. Um. Well, breed they release sperm and eggs this yeah. time of year yeah. and it drifts along and um so they're retesting because they have not yet found any adult colonies they've had scuba divers they've had muscle detection dogs out that whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, wait are the dogs cute that <laughs> why well, yeah wait dog. muscle detection dogs they smell the water they can smell the water and they can tell where muscles are yeah so awesome okay Bring one of the dogs that in. That is so <laughs> cool. I can't believe that. That's awesome. There are very few of them. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of a niche market. So yeah. uh, <laughs> there's there's very few of them, uh, but they have used them. Uh, in Canada, they've used them at their inspection stations, sure. and they do a real oh, on boats. fantastic job of That's locating. Great. That's amazing. Uh, um, uh, so... You know, I live I live in Potomac, and I live right. I always stop in at Clearwater at the inspection place, um, and like those dudes, they're really great. What a crappy gig that is! But <laughs> thank God because they can't. They say you know they can't always ask like, and they find they they catch people. Yeah, you know. Um, and considering that it it probably only takes one, right? Do you? It, it seems like it's inevitable. And I hate to say it, and that is not to say that these efforts are not worth it, because I think they absolutely are, and goddamn, we better be doing it, and we better do more. Right. Um, but still, I mean, you know, I imagine these polyps can be almost microscopic. They are, yeah. They're little larvae. Are... And, you know, they're in an anchor rope or a bilge or something. Like, who the... F- I mean, it's just going to happen. Um, what... What do you what do you say to that? <laughs> <laughs> I I think well boats should be dry before they come here. Okay. Um, no live wells. Uh, you're not supposed to transport your boats with uh with water, water in a live well, live okay. well anyway. Um, but uh, and people got to take this seriously. Yeah, people have to take it seriously, and even recreational. Uh, I mean, the biggest threat probably comes from. Uh, larger boats, power boats, where there's water inside the engine compartments, right. uh, people who will be on like Lake Tahoe and then come to Flathead Lake. Right. I, I mean, those need to be treated with hot water. Um, 
I can't remember the exact degree. I should know this, but it, the water has to be like steaming hot think, to go through their like engines. A, it's, yeah, it's but it's not like really 140. Crazy. Yeah, it's something yeah. like that because I just read about they're now they're doing it with the uh, the uh, plane the fire planes. Oh, what are, what are those called? Water planes, water fire <laughs> yeah, planes. Good job. Yes, you water know planes. that have the bellies. Yep. <laughs> uh, that that is like totally a thing that could spread this. Sure, sure. What is uh, for for me and the non river rat listeners? What is the what is the process at those stations? Like what actually happens? Uh, why why should someone stop when they didn't stop because they thought it would be too much? You got to stop. It takes two seconds. Oh, totally. Yeah. So and, why is that? And what here's, is the... here's what I get asked: Is sure. uh, where are you going? Where was the last place uh, the boat was in the water? Uh, has it been this year? They're asking, has it been Tiber or Canyon Ferry? Because they've found mussels there, uh, and uh, and then they just look at it really quick. And if you're, you know, in the sort of boats people go fishing in around here, generally, that's going to take two seconds because there's no bilge, there's no live well. Mm-hmm. You know, they just make sure it's dry basically, uh, and then you go, and then you don't have to stop on your way back. Right. So there's no like. I would assume there's a sect of people that doesn't stop because they think they're going to get in trouble. Um, what is that? The thing that's that crazy. Thing? The thing that's so fucked up about that though is that like, sorry. <laughs> I, <I'm>, <laughs> but the thing that I hate about that attitude because I, I bet you're right, and there are at least there are certainly people who think it's just a hassle to stop, yeah. even though literally it takes two seconds. There's like, if there's a line, there's one boat in front of you. Yeah. In Clearwater, they have like two or three lanes that you can go in. You know. Um, and, uh, but if you, if you were in Tiber or if you were like, here's a free cleanup of your boat. Yeah. You need to have it done. Yeah. Like might as well. Right. I Definitely. just, that, that attitude, like considering what's at stake, because the other thing to think is if it gets in the Blackfoot in Lincoln, who's to say in 10 years, it's not going to be in the Clark Fork in Superior, even if it was just from one infection. Yeah. Like it's and it so, probably wouldn't take ten years. It were not yeah. taking ten years. Yeah. I mean, it's fucked. So like, why the f- this literally takes no time at all. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, but then you know, we elected Donald Trump, so certainly someone will fucking <laughs> think, fuck us before too it's, long. It's over. It's yeah. too much government in my it's boat. Way too much too government much. in my boat. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then there's what? What? There's the one that's called Rock Snot. Oh yes. What's rock snot? It's like an algae type nasty. Yeah. And you certainly don't want to transmit that. But I. But that is it's... highly edible. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Great. See, maybe I don't know if I'd be more excited about mussels <laughs> or rock snot. A little wasabi in there. Uh, a little uh, <laughs> little mayonnaise. Also, get yourself a little dipping sauce. Oh, but rock rock snot is spread through the same sort of mechanisms. As sure. Mussels. Sure, and and most of I mean the easiest thing about it, especially if you're in like a drift boat or a raft or yeah. a kayak or whatever, is just let them dry out. Right. Like clean them off you can run it through a car wash or whatever which which is sort of funny because a lot of car washes especially dump, right dump right into the river <sighs> so uh if you're gonna run your boat through a car wash do it in the same place that you w- were boating like if you're in livingston and, oh, yeah. and you were right on the river over there wash your boat in livingston well, and in some yeah. ways it's really like they're already screwed on the east side of the divide so let's just, I mean, you didn't say that, Jessica. No, I I'm didn't saying. say that. Yeah, but let's <laughs> just be super, we have this little sliver of Montana. 
yeah. is still good to go on this front. Let's well, the, that. yeah, the frightening part is, I mean, if it's in Canyon Ferry and they're, they end up with established colonies there, I mean, that has repercussions for the whole Missouri. Right. And, uh, and then everywhere. Yeah, that's a, that's a big problem. The Marias is also, I Tiber. mean, yeah, Tiber. Uh, Have you been in the Marias River? Yeah. It is so cool. I love it. Holy shit. What a, like, we actually shouldn't even, well, I already wrote a story about it. Uh, we shouldn't talk about it, yeah. so it's a secret? It's still it a is secret. It is a secret. I grew up right near... Where did uh, you grow up? In Conrad. In Conrad? Yeah. What's your story? How'd you end up, <laughs> how, did a, how did a lady from Conrad end up being a communications person uh, for Toronto Limited? Well... You, you hippie. I don't... <laughs> 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 well, yeah. I, uh, I went to school there. And you uh, smoked pot. Probably. And now you're working a truck. Now, that's, it was the gateway drug. It was the gateway drug to working okay, for kidding. a nonprofit. Uh, went to school in Dillon and then came to Missoula. Got a master's in political science. Awesome. And then uh, decided I wanted to stay here, which is hard to do. Got to find somewhere to, you got to find money. You mean like for a job? For a yeah, job. Oh yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. And I worked at a law firm for a long time thinking maybe I'd go to law school. Um, and do water law, um, but then I realized that law school, the lifestyle that lawyers have is not really the lifestyle I, I would like to have. Right. And um, How so? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a lot of guys who make, every year they make a lot more money uh, at the end of the year than me that are associate attorneys. We probably got out of school at the same same time. Um I work 40 hours a week. Sometimes I work a little less. Sometimes I work a little more. I'll be at Great Burn tonight working, which working. is not the worst. Like, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll be I'll be there working. You know, I get to go walk through the river and I get to plant willows and spend time with people who are really excited about a cause. They're going to work 80 hours a week and their hourly wage is going to be less than my hourly wage. Right. Like if you really quantify the amount of time they spend working and the amount of time I spend working, we're making the same. Yeah. I'm just not as driven. You're speaking yeah. the language. Yeah, yeah. Speaking oh, yeah. the language. You're at the right table. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, this is like a dumb question, but I think that it's important. Um, what? So you like do have some connection. I mean, this is a cause. It's not just a job. Right. What right. Is, where does that come from for you? What, what's the connection? Well, you know, I grew up in an agricultural family, like we were talking about, and I remember being a little kid and going to the Teton and fishing as a little kid, um, and uh, as years have gone past, and they have, uh, you know, even more so than in Missoula, just been cycles and cycles of drought on the front, um, and there's times a year that this r- river, I remember being a real river, is non-existent, yeah. or it's just a tiny little channel. And um, so I'm, I'm not a great fisherman, but I kind of understand that, uh, um, you know, the opportunity to be able to benefit a resource that ultimately we all need, um, it ended up being a good, good fit, I yeah. guess. So yeah. I think clean water is important. Trout Unlimited does a lot to keep water clean. Worked out. Yeah. And I don't cry when I pick up fish anymore. I used to. Because I've worked there long enough now. For them, or because you don't like the sliminess. Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> Mostly, I felt bad for them 
If I catch whitefish, I have the worst time because I think they have the cutest little faces. You do? I okay. I think whitefish. I think whitefish get a bad rap. You know, like so when I used to guide fishing, whitefish are so funny. I uh, yeah. When I used to guide five fishing trips, sometimes you know you you a guy would hook a fish and there's a big bend in the rod and it clearly was like a nice fish. Right. And then it's a fucking whitefish and you see this grown ass man just kind of like his shoulders drop and he's oh that's a whitefish. And it's like, you were having fun until you found out it didn't have spots. Right. Like, that's the difference. It doesn't have pretty spots on it like a trout does. Really? You're, you're like in a mope now? I think it's great. Anytime I catch one, because I think they're adorable. And they're indicator species. They are. They're, they're, they're salmonid. Like they're, they're in the same family. They're a salmonid. Uh, they're... They're a bellwether species. Yeah. If, if something's wrong with a water source, uh, like we saw last summer, whitefish start dying. Um, and, uh, you, you know, it, they're, they're important for the ecosystem. Totally. And some days you can just catch a fuckload of them. <laughs> that is Which right. Is great. And nothing else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Except, okay, so last two years ago, I had it in my head. And this is an ongoing uh, project that I have not even come close to completing. But I really want... Uh, to smoke whitefish because like the daily bag limit on whitefish used to be like it's like 99 or something like you can yeah. you can keep so many fish and uh, I believe in I believe in catch and release when so, biologists have said that this should be a catch and release section I also believe that there are certain streams where we need to call the population like Rock Creek should have fewer brown trout in it in my opinion uh uh, no answer. No response. <laughs> sure. In my opinion. Um, uh, or at least that was true like five years ago. Um, yeah. Maybe they're all dying now. Um, uh, oh, there's still quite a few. There's still quite a few. And they're all yeah. tiny f- because there's so many. Um, so I, like, I'm totally cool with keeping fish. And I was like, I should, I should learn how to smoke these white fish because nothing's better than smoke fish. Uh, and I can put them in you know, vacuum bags and freeze it. So I started going out to catch whitefish, and when you try to catch whitefish, you cannot f- catch a goddamn whitefish. <laughs> it's it was gotta be, well, yeah, yeah. I could not catch a whitefish to save my life. Only trout. It <laughs> never, never happens. It's such a pain in the ass. Um, so I still have not smoked one whitefish, but I have started to fill my freezer with them. Mmm, delicious. Yeah, that's uh, gross. Like sorry. I'm gonna, like, I'm going to thaw them and, and smoke them four years later. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm going to backtrack because uh, I, don't, I don't really know anything. But I know, um, I remember the Blackfoot had a problem being too warm the last couple of years. Yep. Uh, we just went and swam in the Blackfoot uh, Thibodeau. Yep, sure. And it was a great spot. And I went in at like 8 o'clock at night and it was warm. Yeah. Yep. Like warm, warm. And then I thought... Is that all I thought was? Oh, this must be bad. It, it this is. must be really bad. And is that still is that still a huge issue? It is. It is. Most of the rivers um, uh, in the area have gone to hoodal restrictions, so mm-hmm. you're not supposed to fish on them peak hours of the day mm-hmm. um, because it, they're too hot, stressing out fish. Um, they do that when the water temperature gets to be about seventy three. Some other places it's different. Um, but the Blackfoot... Especially right down at the bottom. Yeah, bottom. yeah, it should be colder than that. Uh-huh. And, it's, and, like, so, and the reason that is is because... And I feel like people should get this because you see people fucking with that rule sometimes. Yeah. And 
it's kind of a big deal. And I and I if people know like so trout fish breathe oxygen, mm-hmm. right? They don't breathe air, but they get o- dissolved oxygen out of water in their gills. And warm water holds less dissolved oxygen as it warms, it releases oxygen. So like when it's 75 degrees, a fish is basically it's stand, it's sitting still in a current, but it's a panting. Like it's mm-hmm. it's out of breath. And then you catch it and it's like I'm already out of breath and now a bear is chasing me. <laughs> like you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. And you kill fish all the fucking time this time of year. Even I mean, I hate to say it, even when you see them swim away, a lot of them probably die. There is. There's mm-hmm. an angling mortality and, and it increases when it's hot. And like yeah. fly fishing to me, I mean I love it. It's a super big part of my life, uh, and I always want it to be. Um, but it's it's like a pr- in the grand scheme of things, it's like a pretty silly way to spend your time. Um, <laughs> and if you're going out there and killing one of every three fish you you hook, it's like a very silly way to spend your time. Yeah. And I just I hope people take that shit seriously because it sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now I think the upper Clark or the upper Clark Fork sued out, but lower Clark Fork is not yet. Okay. Um, and it's, I mean, yeah. we're, the nights are getting chill. Like, we might right. kind of be in good shape now. Yeah. Uh, I was swimming in the Blackfoot like two or three days ago, and for the first time in like a month, it was like, woo! <laughs> a little bit brisk. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was a little yeah, cooler great. than it was, which is awesome. Um, so, hopefully. So, what else is going on with Trout Unlimited? Oh boy! <laughs> well, bullet point number one. Bullet point number oh. one: uh, clean water rule uh, rollback. There's uh, so the in seventy two. I should have pulled my notes up. I can't remember seventy two or seventy four. Anyways, there were the uh, Clean Water Act was put in place. Protects uh, waterways from contamination, pollution, whatever. Gave the EPA the authority to monitor that. Um, and it existed as it was for, you know, 20 years or more. And then there were some lawsuits in the 90s that question what exactly is, what's protectable. So, you know, is that every stream? Is it streams that only run? Is it streams that are navigable? Uh, like, wh- what does that mean? Right. Um, and uh, so in light of those lawsuits... In 2015, the Obama administration kind of did a clarifying rule that included wetlands, ephemeral streams, and headwater streams. Um, and ephemeral streams are ones that, for people who might not know, are uh, are streams that uh, don't make it all the way to a mainstream. So um, they can, and they can most of the year. They can make it almost every year. Uh, and an occasional year they'll dry up or they'll go underground before they meet uh, whatever mainstream uh, they're heading towards. So they clarified that. Um, in I believe in early February, the Trump administration wanted to review that clarification. Mm. <laughs> so um, uh, when they put in the clarification what streams were protected – um, specifically spelled it out because those were traditionally thought of as being included in that original 1970s Clean Water Act. This isn't like new. It's just further defines the old, uh, it makes the old regulation clearer. Okay. So, um, but 
they would like to, uh, the Trump administration uh, and the EPA are leaning towards a definition then that only applies to waters that have some federally recognized rec- recreational benefit or fun. I'm fun trying rivers. to fun. fun we only need to keep fun rivers clean. We only need to keep fun <laughs> rivers clean. We don't need to keep small streams or wetlands clean. Um, and uh, that's so fucking crazy. <laughs> well, and it's crazy when you think about it because, like, of course, we're we're kind of like campaigning to get people to comment because right now the EPA has opened a public comment period for 30 days. So you have 30 days to comment. Um, We're already almost halfway through that. So depending on when this hits, we might be done. But August 28th is the last day you can write a comment to the EPA um, in support of the Clean Water Act as it is. Meaning Meaning. how it was reviewed in 2015 and including all the, the smaller tributaries and stuff. Yep. Yeah, um, which is like if you're gonna be serious about this, and I don't know anything about that legislation, but if yeah. if you're gonna be serious about it, I'm sure the Obama administration said at some point, well, we're, we we want to keep the rivers clean, but we can't keep the big rivers clean if we don't keep the small rivers clean. <laughs> right, because water runs downhill. It just goes yeah. downhill. Yeah. Like this is this is basic stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, like, especially for an administration that's all about draining the swamp and cutting, you know, the fat off bureaucracy, uh, it is really inefficient to spend our time and energy and resources keeping a river clean that is connected to other rivers that we are not keeping clean. Well, it, it, it definitely is. It, it, well, and... <laughs> Have you thought about that before? I, <laughs> it has not crossed my mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe once or twice. It is. It's crazy. It's a crazy thought to think that um, any small streams or headwater streams are not important to protect. Right. I mean, a headwater stream, by its very nature, is what supplies the rest of us with water. Sure. Um, there is uh, statistics they were looking at that one in three people's drinking water is sourced from a headwater stream in the United States, the whole United States. Yeah. 60% of all of our streams and, and wetlands that uh, were protected by that further definition in 2015 um, would not be protected. 60%. Yeah. What's the point of the rollback? Is it just funding? Does he think it's going to save money? It's Dude. business because yeah. it's just another regulation. So well, and there's the argument that the clean water rule uh, is killing family farmers, which um, because then if you talk about this, then stock water ponds, irrigation ditches right. can all become... Uh, protectable streams but that's actually excluded already in the act as far as i yeah yeah there is a provision in there for stock water ponds for irrigation purposes um i think probably the people it would affect are like major corporate operations like big pig farms that have big leech ponds yeah and they have to worry about their fluvial waste like what they're the nitrogen loads they're expelling into rivers and whatnot. That's Which is like if you are running an operation in a way that your refuse will kill a re- an ecosystem, you should run your operation differently. Yeah. Like the problem is not with the regulation, the problem is with the pig farm, in my opinion. Well, and the pig farm. I'm that, having a hard time keeping uh, well, this and, and the, pi- <laughs> the pig farm that they're talking about is not small family farms. No. 
small family farms are okay. And if you look at the Blackfoot, like we were talking about earlier, those are small family farms. Yeah, also small family farms are dying because kids don't want to be farmers. Right. And for all kinds of fucking reasons. But it's not because of the Clean Water Act. I refuse to believe that. (laughs) Well, and I I think most small agricultural producers understand that. They also understand that they need clean water. Yeah! No shit! We need Roundup-ready water, actually. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, water is actually Roundup-ready. Oh, it is? That's what you can... What? <laughs> that's that's how you mix it. That's how you, oh, right. That's how you mix it. Yeah, there you go. Wait, wait, back. Go one step back. We're talking about fertilizer or uh, chemical, right? Herbicide. Roundup. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about Roundup, Roundup. Uh, so what is the, what is, what, what is, Roundup ready, what does that mean? Well, I think she's just saying that you, you have the diluted, you have the. Yeah, you concentrate and you, you dilute you, yeah, it, but they have, ra- they have like Roundup ready corn or Roundup ready wheat right. or yeah, whatever. Gotcha. That was the, oh, gotcha. I'm saying, the joke, yeah. I'm yeah. saying like what we need to do is put Roundup in the headwaters. <laughs> Oh, so it's just already oh, in there. right, yeah, right. So you just there. irrigate. It's already in there. And then we, so we need Roundup Ready whitefish. It's fluoride. <laughs> wa- it's putting fluoride in the water. We should just also put Roundup. Totally. Head, I mean, it'd be great for our riparian areas. <laughs> Shut those farmers up, finally. Those whiny farmers. <laughs> Keep oh, those damn. beaches nice and clear. Yeah, nice, nice and white. I was uh, talking to somebody the other day, and I'm not going to say what organization they work for, but it was a similar one, and we were talking about... Blink if we get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was a similar one. We were talking about places that'd be nice to take somebody who hasn't been in town before to eat, and they were talking about how they uh, won't take anybody, even though the views are good, over to Finn and Porter, because they keep cutting down their willows. And it was just this funny kind of position on... uh, uh, the idea of what we think is beautiful, uh, what oh, totally. looks nice uh-huh. along the river's edge is not great for the actual river. Sure, so that's it's, uh, interesting. Though, I think they probably keep it a little cleaner than it would be otherwise. Yeah, I mean, also yeah, there's like, like the benefit of their trash collection. And, yeah, we don't. Need I mean, to be, true. Like evangel- everybody doesn't need to be. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. But it was a funny like. Huh. commentary on totally well and there are people like that in missoula where you know you're on the like i'll never forget one time my my wife is a flower farmer and she was bringing flowers to a restaurant for their table settings and there was um uh she had like leafy spurge or something that she harvested out of the wild yeah um and in my mind that's like a great thing to do with a noxious weed because you're you're getting it before it goes to seed. You're putting it in a bouquet, bringing it indoors, and then you know what that restaurant does? They throw in the garbage. Right. Which is what you should do with that stuff. Uh, and this this couple came in, and they were just fucking horrified that there were noxious <laughs> weeds on the table. And they went to fucking Costco and bought flowers from Costco, which, you know, come from Colombia where like pregnant women who work in the fields are sprayed with chemicals while they're working. Well, and uh, they're shipped. Yeah, yeah, and then they're shipped here. Mm. And that's how they dealt with that. But it's like I mean, certainly ideologically I'm I'm aligned with those people that were outraged by the leafy spurge, but it's like what we should think about it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this is good. What's the net benefit here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's weird. So, trial limited um and I want to ask you questions about you also. Okay. But I am curious. Um, is the given the current administration, and I mean, forget all the the other disheartening and scary things that are happening. One of the things that maybe hasn't gotten talked about as much in the last few months is what happened to the EPA. Oh. Wow. Um, is there? 
does Trout Unlimited, at least Montana Trout Unlimited, your office, is there like sort of a new call to arms? Is there, do you guys feel a new sense of urgency? There is, and um, uh, folks who um, who have worked in the conservation world longer than I, I have um, always kind of talk about these periods when you switch kind of uh, administration feel like right. when you when you change from one um, y- you know it's awful for the issues that we're trying or for the things we care about like um, you know when you uh, so the House of Representatives just passed a bill that the EPA doesn't have to take into account um, public comment scientific evaluation or cost benefit analysis before it uh, makes a rule change so they don't have to use reason. They ever no, they just can do whatever. Uh, the Senate, so the the same that was a rider attached to a bill. That same bill went to the Senate. It's the rider is not on that bill, but um, so hopefully nothing comes of it. But the fact that a, a lawmaker thought that that's a great idea that we should have a, a um, administrative agency have no oversight whatsoever to make decisions uh, that aren't. Uh, that no cost benefit analysis or scientific sure. research or public input has to be involved in. Oh, no, I mean, it is a, it is a, a, a organ. The agency is should be based in science exclusively. Right, right. right? Mm-hmm. But these sort of things, um, and and if I want to think of it as in a, like a boom and bust cycle, are actually kind of good for organizations like ours. Right, because. Um, there's no hope that the government will do anything about it. No, no and, and to be honest, a lot of the projects you see, these are reclamation projects. We, re, we partner with government agencies, but government agencies aren't the ones necessarily doing the work. Sure. Uh, they, um, I don't know if you're familiar with where the Nine Mile is. Uh, Trout Unlimited has played a great hand in repairing and cleaning up a bunch of the mines that were up there, Yeah. Um, you know, which was a Forest Service partnership uh, Trout Unlimited raised money for it as well, uh, but they administered the reclamation. So, um, but that sort of money is at risk, of course, the collaborative. From the Forest Service. From the Forest Service. And, um, but we can really get people interested in something that they've maybe gotten relaxed about, Um, you know, kind of get the public reinvigorated to, uh, you know, Oh look, our streams are under attack. Maybe we should do something now. Right. Uh, you know, that's a great. Uh, it's unfortunate that you can't keep keep people's motivation going all the time. Uh, but um, so there's a great big call to arms as sure. far as um, you know. We we advocate public access, so around uh, access to public lands, uh, the EPA funding for fish fish and wildlife services. You know our. It's important for our organization, um, so we have a lot of work to do. Sure, what is we're going to be busy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, thank thank God for people like you. What is the uh, what's the greatest need for for not only for China Limited, but I mean, and maybe you can't speak to it, but also other organizations? Would you say if people want to get involved, whether it's with you or Clark Fork Coalition or or whatever other conservation group, <clears throat> is it is it dollars? Is it labor? Is it what what do you guys need? Um, I think if you can afford the dollars, dollars are always good. Yeah. That's kind of it. You know, I think a lot of uh, nonprofit organizations would probably just, like, dollars are important. That's the best. And also, like, <laughs> and also, like, I'm sorry, but fuck the can't afford it thing, because $5 counts. Yeah. 
Right? Yeah, it all counts. If it's yep. a latte. Yeah. So do it. Uh, the money is important. You know, we hire, uh, we don't do as much on the federal level as the, the national organization. They're based in Arlington, Virginia. They have people that are in Washington, D.C. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ha- have a full-time lobbyist that uh, just gets beat up every year at the legislature. He's just such a wonderful, great guy. Oh, so sad. <laughs> no, I, well, I mean, it wasn't a very friendly year for conservation issues. Um, he did do a lot of good work trying to get the aquatic invasive species program rolling. Um, uh, but uh, just the makeup of our state legislature was not necessarily one that's really uh, friendly yeah. towards conservation. So he had a he had a rough go of it, but he's such a likable guy. I think even the people who could, he is, he's great. He's great. He lives in Ennis, or he lives in Pony, Montana. Oh, awesome. Actually, I want to live in Pony. It's great. I love the bar. I've, I've never been to the bar. All I hear is the bar is so cool. Yeah, didn't it get didn't it get voted like best bar in the universe or something? I don't, yes, like yes, Esquire universe. or something. <laughs> um, okay, I have one more question. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Uh, but okay, so obviously. I I get these issues. Sure. Travis, even though he's not a fly fisherman, understands the value of conservation. Um, But we are, I would say, living in Montana uh, and living in Missoula, we are in the minority in the United States. I think so, yeah. Does Trout Unlimited, and maybe Trout Unlimited's different because you guys are more niche in terms of the people you appeal to, even if Mm -hmm. the work you do benefits everybody. Right. Um, but do you guys think about how do you make this stuff matter, clean water matter? Um, which is like, frankly, it sucks to say, but like hearing clear, clean water, I'm sure for most people is like, yeah, I have the water that comes out of my tap is fine. Right. You know? Right. Um, uh, it doesn't fucking matter to them. And even if it does intellectually, it doesn't affect their life and it has never has. Um, how do you how do you appeal to those people? That's a really difficult. Totally. Uh, that it's it's very difficult, and ten I know. Seconds. Oh, Elevator. oh no! Ten seconds. You know we struggle with that. I focus in state, so nationally it's even a whole whole much more difficult. They've got great marketing and communications people, but our general problem as an organization, and I think a lot of organizations like ours that have a particular niche is that we spend a lot of time preaching to the choir but not getting people to church that wonderful i think it's an anachronism now it's not even a euphemism it's like (laughs) wait what's the difference between anachronism an anachronism is outdated it's an outdated euphemism i don't know i'm down yeah sure i'll take that sure take it take it somebody's screaming at their headphones right now i know (laughs) (laughs) don't worry we will hear about it no well it's an outdated term i think yeah yeah. it's probably the but uh but it makes um, sense in this case i get yeah 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 and we haven't done a lot because uh we have some great partnerships with people we have for years and years and we haven't done a lot to um talk to people who didn't already know us right and uh, I think we're in a situation, especially uh, with our state politics and our national politics, that that's not a benefit to us. If we really care about the resource we're trying to protect, we need to make it important to more people. Right. So that's why I'm, in a very small way, I'm going on podcasts to talk yeah. to people who would never 
I mean, they think we're a hook and bullet club where you, you know, crank out the biggest fish to take a picture. Totally. Um, and talking to people who don't know who we are, don't know what we do, and um, trying to get more people to understand how important the resource is, even to them. Right. Even if they don't fish. You know, do you hop in your tube and float down the Blackfoot? I mean, you used to be able to hop in your tube and float down the Blackfoot in mine tailings. Right. But you don't, you don't anymore. anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's... It didn't just happen. No. Yeah. It doesn't happen by magic. Yeah. And it doesn't, unfortunately, happen uh, through our government channels either. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it is, it's important that people, again, whether it's pheasants... Pheasants, pheasants Forever is a very funny name. <laughs> <laughs> do they spell? Do they spell Forever Ph? I don't Wait, know. it really is that. It I don't. Really I'm not sure. I think, I think so. I think it is. Oh, that's so good. Ah, uh, maybe something. That's so hallmark. So good. We used to do this podcast with the internet in front of us so that we could fact check things. We've really given up Go on ahead, that. Go ahead, I'll work on Pheasants Forever. I think, it's fe- <laughs> I think that's a thing. Um, I love it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, because I, I agree, like the, the the sort of optics on it can be like like the Elk Foundation, for instance. Mm-hmm. And I personally feel that the Elk Foundation has taken political stances in the past when it comes to like Second Amendment shit that it really should just stay away from. Um, but they have put a lot of land into conservation yeah, easements, you know, yeah. and yep. whether it's for hunting elk or. For going on hikes or just that, so that we still have open space. Goddamn! Thank, thank goodness for them. Um, uh, so I, I, yeah, I mean, I get, I get the like, this is just like a good old boys club, and it's not for me, especially fly fishing, which you know historically has been such a blue blood, you know, New England stuffy prep school sport. Well, it's upper class, middle aged, totally white guys. I mean, you walk into a fly yep. shop and you, you're a fly rod is seven hundred dollars. Yeah, God damn. I mean, that's not, that, not well, all of them. Not all of them. No, but you know, that's again, that's that's the I think how a lot of people feel about it. Um, so there's probably you know when you think about a group like this, you know, going to the Trout Unlimited banquet is like <laughs> that does not sound like my cup of tea. Well, for and, a lot of people. Yeah, and, well, Montana's interesting uh, in some ways compared to other states because we do have a bigger demographic of people who fly fish. Right. Just because you can walk to any river and do it. Right. In a lot of other states, you can't. Your people who own property along the river also own the land that goes under the river. Uh, Montana, that's not the case. Yeah. So you can be on the riverbanks and fish. You know. And what? As long as you're below high water. As long as you're below high water. Yeah. Or in the river, what that's below high water. Right. And what you can generally access at bridges. Yep. You Is can that access correct? at. You can access at bridges as long as it's not a private bridge, right. like a, yeah. a a through county through fair or right. whatever. Right. You can you can access at bridges, um, which is so cool. That's yeah, I mean, amazing. for people from Montana who've never lived anywhere else, it's like crazy the access we have to public land here. Yeah, there's places in Colorado if you drop your anchor on the bottom, yeah, you're trespassing. You're trespassing. <laughs> so it's uh, inter- it's it's much different here than totally. than other places. But we're not going, doing a good job of talking to people about it. The, yeah. Uh, the Pheasants Forever, it was just correct. Pheasants Forever. Do they spell it with a PH? No. They do not. Uh, <laughs> this, the, the homepage immediately makes me uncomfortable because <laughs> it's, it's uh, an ad for a Beretta shotgun. It's a bunch of dogs. Yeah. It's a bunch of thing where, like, when, that's what I think of when I think of these conservation, quote unquote, groups that are 
we need to save this so we can kill them. Like I, I, that that freaks me out when it's just like when it's just that because that's what I get because that's page. what they're leading with. Oh, that's that's the oh, that's the thesis statement is if we if you pay us to conserve these animals, you can go hunt them. Right. Well, but I mean, that, but you're saying by looking at their homepage. Yeah, that's immediately. What, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. what I see. Yeah. No, and I think that's kind of what I was I, I was getting at with this is is it, it is like the the optics on it are unfortunate because it's not what it should be about. Right. And they should be universal issues. And I think with the hunting organizations, it's particularly strange to... It's hard to catch and release a pheasant. It, no, totally. But, but, <laughs> well, yeah. but the bottom line is we can't... Totally. You know, I think biologists would tell you that we, we should hunt. We should call populations. Certainly. You know, I mean, there's not a natural balance. No. Yeah. I mean, and so that's an important thing. And I think in most cases you can't hunt pheasants where there aren't enough pheasants to hunt. Right. You know, that's why we have organizations like FWP. Um, so I think people, if people are uncomfortable with the idea of hunting and, and killing things, I hope that they can find a way to just understand that that's their personal belief, but it is not necessarily right. Yeah. Meaning, and it's, it's fine, but, or maybe right's the wrong word. It's, by hunting, you're not necessarily doing damage right. to the earth. Right. Um, uh, that these animals, if they were allowed to just grow without any sort of calling, would be bad for the animals and for the ecosystem. So, like, uh, uh, harvesting lots of different kinds of animals is beneficial to that population of animals. Right? So, like, let's all, right. let's all like, I think, need to accept that. First Certainly. If you're uncomfortable with guns, which I personally am, that's a whole different thing. It's and I think different. that's where these organizations do make a mistake is leading with the Beretta ad. And it's like it, the gun thing is implicit in the hunting thing. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah. You Nobody don't Nobody is going out with slingshots. Sure. Right. Like you all have guns. Why do we need to stroke your gun ego for you to do conservation? And yeah. maybe they have found that you do have to. Yeah, that's the market. Well, uh, it maybe. is the market. That's how you get your oh, members. But that's also not. the problem with, uh, you know, a non-governmental organization needs to be supported. And your $5 contributions are great. Yeah. But in reality, companies like Beretta, in our case, you know, companies like Sims or Orvis. Uh, oh, the corporate sponsorship. They, they donate money. They fund projects. They fund a lot of really great projects. Uh, and I think in some cases like that, there's a like quid pro quo. You know, yeah. there's some amount of... You just got to do yeah. it. Well, and now that I'm on the Trout Unlimited website... Well, but you're not on the Montana Trout Unlimited. I'm not, but, uh, but as far as... Ours the, isn't very mobile friendly. They're giving oh, gift certificates to Walmart. The first thing... <laughs> no, the first thing that... The first bullet point is conservation. Mm-hmm. The first thing is the call to action. The first thing is... And it takes a while to get down to... Oh yeah, a picture of a bro with a giant. Trout. Here's here's, yeah. here's us fishing out of our Mercedes. It takes a long time to get to that. Yeah. Before like, hey, is and, there actually a picture of somebody fishing out of a Mercedes? Well, there's a there's an article about new gear, which involves oh, yeah. the new truck Jeep that might come out and the AMG uh, the Mercedes that might be available someday for yeah. Yeah. fishing pleasure. But that took that took that took two thumb scrolls. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to uh, pheasants forever. Oh, like I'm like oh guns. <laughs> ah. Oh, and dogs, which are happy to do the job, right. but that's the only reason you own that dog. I get really weird about that immediately. Like, oh, that dog only has fun like five times a year. 
Well. In the rest of time, that dog is... I know, and I, like, I get weird about that, but uh, I, I, that's just the way it made me feel. That's not necessarily true. And where does it talk about conservation of any kind? Uh, I didn't get to to conservation on the Pheasants Forever I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they have found that the only way... Because the other thing is, I would imagine that pheasant habitat is even harder to get people behind. Like, what am (laughs) I... You want me to fucking... This field looks fine. Yeah, this field's fine. (laughs) No, and and I assume that's... They have to use that lure. They have to use that lure We should try to get someone from Pheasants Forever. (laughs) I can't, can't handle the alliteration already. I know, it's a little, <laughs> pretty funny. Sorry, can't it's do so it. It's so cute. It's such Peasants a cute name. Forever. It's also in cursive, so there's a whole bunch of thing that makes me... Didn't we... Hard. We played a Pheasants Forever gig. Maybe. In Helena. No. Yeah. No, the gig we played was for the... Was specific to that dog breed. Oh, that's right. We played, oh. a, we played a dog show that was just specific to Griffons. Eastern or Western style Griffon. That's right. Never mind. The specific bird dog, but Pheasants Forever it was, was, pr- was pretty weird. Pheasants Forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Specifically because it was at an event center where you can't have dogs involved. Oh my goodness! So there's no dogs at this dog event, uh, which was my thing. It was like, oh, we're playing this dog thing. This would be great for me. Dogs everywhere. There's no dogs here. There's yeah. just people. And the main giveaway was a sterling silver and gold belt buckle with this dog's face. <laughs> and the shooting lessons. Yeah, shooting Self-defense lessons. Self-defense shooting lessons. All right, we're we're Yeah, uh, and like, <laughs> when, like for me, when I when I smell the NRA, like I'm immediately like, ah, I don't know. I know. I can't trust you. I can't trust anything this has to say. That's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Trial um, limited. Uh, totally, uh, totally, uh, totally different for me. Looking at that and hearing about it is like, oh, well, this is about our water. And it's important it shit. And it's just, water. and it's like Missoula could be the, the headquarters for Trout Unlimited, we right? Have, I mean, we are the perfect place that we, is so affected. Yeah, we have an by amazing river running through totally. that people Definitely. take advantage of on a daily basis that is being taken care of by this organization. Yeah, yeah. So get involved, even if it's not with Trout Unlimited. Uh, Clark Fork Coalition's great. Um, oh, and personal accountability is great. Personal, ca- yeah. Don't be a douche. Well, yeah. Is that what you mean? By <laughs> yeah. That? When you <laughs> when you go to the river, take a sack to put your cans in. Yep. Like, I, is littering still an option? Like, I know it is. But oh, dude, it's crazy. Is still I it's can't horrible. Believe that. It's crazy. Who the are lower these black. It, they're fucking people in inner tubes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. And it's not that they're thoughtless. It's just that when you're in an intertube, it's easy to lose your shit. Yeah. It just is. Well, and there's, and there's the, like, if you throw a McDonald's bag out of your truck window. Oh, that shit's insane. That well, should be capital punishment. The first place it's going to stop is water. is the water. Yeah. yeah. Like, how does somebody not figure that out? Mm-hmm. And then they're fishing. How are they okay with the 5,000 Bud Light cans and all that? How is everybody okay with that? It weirds me out. Weirds me out finding a fire ring full of trash, let alone uh, <laughs> let alone a burger wrapper in the river. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, there's a lot of it. It's so it's, it, there is weird stuff. Um, I was always... I, Kind of shocked and amazed. They in Livingston uh, for Earth Day, they, they do this big river cleanup. It's organized by the local chapter there, and uh, they were so excited that they they pulled like two tons less worth of trash out of the river two this tons year. Less, less because they because that meant that the river was cleaner than it had ever been before. But when you're thinking of that in terms of tons, like Tonnage. they shouldn't even be pulling one ton, one ton Think of how trash much a, out a of the gar- river. A- 
beer can weighs. Think how much a refrigerator weighs. But they're pulling stuff out like that. People yeah. still dump like washing machines in the river. They still dump. It, that happens. So what is that? What is that mentality that says, "Well, it's in the water." So we're good, right? We're good. The Maytag's in the water. Who cares? Yeah. It's going to dissolve. It's so weird. <laughs> I know. I, I still don't understand the littering thing in any capacity. Let alone, crazy. Let alone tubers dropping cans. I still don't understand that. I still don't understand watching people on the river with glass bottles. I also, to be fair, don't kind of understand thing. the inner tubing thing. That is the most boring activity. <laughs> I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll tell the amazing story that's personal to our house. Uh, uh, Bridget and I've been together. It's coming up on seven years. I haven't been tubing probably since I was in school. So like let's say two thousand one was the last time I went and got in an inner tube and floated down a river. And it was one of those where we got dropped off like by pause up. Too far. And oh it's like, yeah. It's like five nine hours later. Yeah. You're just you're a strip of bacon sitting on this thing it's the worst it's the worst um and everybody always talks about oh we got to go to the river like that's what we do it's summertime you go to the river and i never do if i go for a hike i'm obviously going to swim at some point i love being around water uh bridget heard a uh, uh got a hot tip on a great place to swim uh on the on the blackfoot and it took us probably a month of just in the house saying oh yeah we should go look at that spot yeah, we should go look at that spot. Oh, but it's Sunday. It's too busy. Oh, it's Saturday. You know there's a thousand people down there. And so finally on a Wednesday, we made it down there. And there's only five or six cars parked there. We got out, maybe walked 20 yards before Bridget turned around. I followed her. We got back in the car and she says, I just, I'm just not one of these people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to do it. And I, and I got so like elated, like... Uh, a burst of energy that said, I know I don't want to either. I don't have the desire. I don't want to put the lawn chair in the river and sit. I don't have that in me. I don't want to do this. And I, I find it boring. Also, and Everyone that was in that parking lot immediately, I was like, Oh, these are not my people. These are not my people. I don't want to go do this. And you can hear the noise. You can hear the whole thing. And I'm like, Nope, I don't want to. And so we tentatively agreed to never go tubing again. Or swimming without like some sort of like oh we're, we're camping by this river I guess we'll go swimming I don't want to okay, drive out there to, to go roll, do it. The swimming is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, no, it's not. It's just like it's not a it's not a thing to me that's like I take my daughter to the river all the time, but it's just because I don't like to go to the we live right down here and mm-hmm. I don't like to take her to the sprinklers in the park. Oh, oh yeah, 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 oh that's yeah I know this. <laughs> so my alternate is we go to the rattlesnake and I drive swim. past that all the time and uh, there was a there was a. Uh, like maybe a week ago, someone was having pizzas delivered to it, to the oh, park. Yeah, that's and brilliant. I, well, it's brilliant, but I was also like, wow, what is the deal with this? And I don't have kids, but I understand the idea of, well, this is like three hours of just yeah. straight kid time. Totally. And that kid's going to sleep. Like he's going to go to bed at six. Totally. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Be great. I get that part of it. But yeah, the the sprinkler thing, the the kid park thing. I'm not in. We we try to participate in the same one. We try to participate in the uh, Splash Adult Night. Splash Montana has an adult night once a month, and we did it one time. And I was like, oh, it's like uh, it's just a bunch of thirty-five year old people hanging out at Splash. Nobody would look like they were having fun. Everybody's like, oh, I don't know. And then uh, we found out about there's a dog night at the end of the year. Ooh. And I and, know. And, and first thing I was like, yes. Oh, I don't want to make Barley do that. He doesn't want to be around other dogs. He doesn't even like to swim. 
What, what do would the, we they do? They let the dogs get in the pool. Yeah, I guess that's the deal. I don't know if that's. Still I think mean, it's probably the last. It like, is. It's like it's a, before they drain it. Yeah, it's like the last weekend. That's of the pretty year. funky. And <laughs> in the pool, right? Gross. <laughs> All I could think was like like a hundred dogs. Oh, I know it'd be so gross. This is horrible. I used to wa- work at a pool, and when you'd walk, watch guys come in, we, there was the always hair. the like. Oh, oh you're just gonna clog everything up. I'm just gonna oh, go take it. a shower, get all the loose uh, hairs yeah, off. I have to clean the filter. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we're not water people. Like, and I and people always ask me to go fish, and I say, can I just sit in the boat and read? No, you gotta fish, man. You gotta fish. I'm like, no, I just wanna. It sounds great. Floating sounds great. Like, and I just have to get in the boat. Have you ever ripped a lip? Do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Is this some sort of term like high side? I don't understand. Tug's the drug, bro. Don't don't understand any of it. The tug is the drug? Tug's the drug, man. Oh, my God. I I was waiting for you to give me the shaka just then when you said that. (laughs) Some sort of hand sign I don't understand. This is what fly fishermen do. Oh, whiskers. Whiskers. A little little Zoidberg. That's a... (laughs) So, not, Um, not a water person. Uh, Okay. You also let's let's switch let's switch real fast. Okay, uh, you're also in a band. I am. <gasps> cool. Now we're talking. I you're am in a band with John Van Dyke. I am in a band with John Van Dyke. Tell us about your band. Um, we're really great. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. Go ahead. We're we're really great. I uh, I write all of our songs. You do. You which do? which are clever. That's great. And, and hilarious. You're the singer. I am the singer. Do you play an instrument? I don't. You're a vocalist. I don't. I'm straight, a vocalist. Classic. Straight. Classic. And uh, we're a little classic. bit punk rock. Okay. So I like to like just hold the microphone and wail and yeah. I love uh, I have written a number of songs that are kind of um uh, are easy to direct at female members of the audience. So mm-hmm. I really love to be able to like step down off the stage and select some girl who's really uncomfortable with the idea and sing to her. Erica oh, Fredrickson. It's always oh, Erica. Yeah. <laughs> Singing directly at Erica. I hope that's what it is. <laughs> uh Oh, that's awesome. She described my house as being a bohemian loft, a west side bohemian loft with curry oh, cool. wafting through. It was wonderful. With curry cool. wafting through? I was oh. making curry for dinner, but... I feel like I've been in your west side house. <laughs> it really is just a two-story house. It's oh, kind of dirty. Yeah. And... You live on the west side? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, just over by the Sertana. Okay, so but your band far. is uh, um, Rock and Roll Girlfriend. Rock and Roll Girlfriend. John Van Dyke, Alex Key. Alex Key, uh, Brady Burleson. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Brady. He's the drummer. What a no. No, he's the drummer. Alex and... Key's the drummer. Oh, oh so you guys totally blow. <laughs> 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 he learned to drum just because just he wanted to be in my band. That's why That's I awesome. think I'm band so good God, that Alex awesome. learned to drum because um, he wanted to be no, in Brady's it. Brady's the drummer in uh, uh, New Old Future. New Old Future. Yep. I don't know Brady. I know John and Alex. I love them both so yep. much. They're rad dudes. That's yep. awesome. Brady plays a baritone guitar. We don't have a bass oh, player. sweet. We have a oh, bar- baritone. That's very cool. Lead. And Cowrie, John's wife, uh-huh. plays accordion. No way. Yeah. Oh, oh sweet. This is worth seeing. This so we we do a cover of Manic Monday. So Fuck yeah. And, and she plays the you know the keyboard part the do 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 on the accordion. Oh, I had no idea. I mean, it's fantastic. Accordion. Yeah, she's great. What? Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. It's amazing. Cowrie's I don't know that she knew how to play accordion. She knew how to play keyboards, and then she borrowed someone's accordion, and all of a sudden she could really play good accordion. Is Cowrie accordion. the nicest person you ever met? She is pretty nice. Oh, you you kind of don't like her. <laughs> no. No. I think she's Jesus. great. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Right. I guess we'll change the subject. A court case. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have an older daughter um, also. I have a three-year-old and a 17-year-old. 
Um, and the 17 year old is learning Japan from, or J- Japan. She's learning Japan. She's learning Japanese learning from Kauri. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, 17 and three. Is that awesome? Do you get free child care? I, yeah. Is she cool like that? She is she cool down? like that. Well, I have a 14 year old, so I guess it's three, 14, 17. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, at least, yeah. at least it sounds logistically like it. Would be it good. is. It is not too bad. It's not too bad. My older two kids are really good kids. Cool. So I don't have to do a lot of. I don't chasing have, and chasing and yelling. Yeah, and, that's awesome. I, they, I enjoy. Uh, oh, you have a, you have a seventeen, fourteen, three. Sounds perfect. <laughs> I don't have kids. Sounds perfect. Well, I just think that oh, here's here's where my head goes. Let's spread out. Is having a three year old sounds like a ton of work. Mm-hmm. But having a seventeen year old, if like shit's going okay should not really be any work. Right. And maybe should make the three-year-old less work. Yes. That's why I said that. Yeah, yeah. My 14-year-old's hilarious. He's kind of old, like an old man. Yeah. In a, we had John and <coughs> Calrie over. This was like quite some time ago. We were playing records downstairs, and he came out. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. He was like, how much longer do you will you be carrying on? <laughs> he said that? He said <laughs> yeah. carrying on? Yes. All right. That's great. That does sound God, perfect. Go to bed, Mom. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> but rock and roll girlfriend will be playing at Monk's tomorrow night. Oh right. Oh, this oh, won't be out. Yeah, no. Sorry. So that was uh, a great show. One. Do you have a sh- any shows in late August or September? August twenty fifth. We are playing after some sort of battle. Uh-huh. I don't know how to describe it. A I want to say LARPing. Oh. But I'm not sure if it's LARPing or. I'm not sure what they're called when they have a big function and they have a battle. Yeah, that's LARPing. That's LARPing. And then they have a feast afterward. It's like a big, like, Montana gathering. This sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? And we need to find someone from that thing on our podcast. This sounds sounds great. And you guys are the band? We're going to play. Awesome. We're going to play. New new Old Future is also going to play. Oh, is, uh, that so. is that the night of mandate? No. Oh. Nope. Oh, is that a Saturday? <laughs> it's a Friday. Nope. Mm, sorry. Man. Mandate's next night. That sounds so fun. <laughs> I think it'll be... Where, do you know where it is? It's uh, somewhere outside of Frenchtown. Oh, shit. Oh. It's like in a field. It's in a field. <laughs> yes! Oh, it's that's in amazing! A and it, it appears that it gets large attendance, like... It's not going to be like ten people. So it's, it's probably a like little like a Renaissance fairy. Yeah, I yeah. Oh. oh wait, is it part of that? There is a Renaissance fair that happens out. Uh, you said Frenchtown. There's a Renaissance fair that used to happen out towards Florence. I don't well. think it's the same thing because yeah, okay. this is more like <laughs> fighty than like. <laughs> oh. I co- there's not a lot of cobblers. I don't yeah, think more, or more fighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's foam swords and stories. Yes. Yes. I, I, Tales. Is... Ta- Tales. <laughs> Epics. Tales. Sagas. Um, I want to be the kind of person. I so admire people that LARP. Because to just fucking get over yourself like that. Sure. Have fun. And you know it's fun. They have so much fucking fun. They're playing pretend. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's awesome. But I'm way too cool for it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I keep trying to because we're going to be playing there. Like I'm trying to like politically correctly yeah. describe yeah, 
I think I'm vent and I just don't know what to say. I would imagine that that many of those people around, it is infectious and you will have no problem being a part of it. Oh, it'll be so I much bet fun. It's the best. I think oh, it'll be great fun. It's just, I want to be a part of a community. Like, that's, they See, have so much fun. That was uh, uh, when, <laughs> when our guest walked in. She has a beat top sticker on her helmet, which immediately I said, I'm in that band. <laughs> uh, but I am. I have that same thing. I hated square dancing forever. Oh, it's so much fun. And once I was there with my friends playing music, with zero, zero, like there's no like we're gonna become famous attitude. There's no, there's no like talk of the future. It's just we're playing this music and we're good at it. And then also there's a hundred people jumping, shouting, and laughing. It's the greatest thing to be involved in. All of a sudden, where I'm even like. Oh, the music. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, I don't mind doing that. But what a like amazing therapy for me, sitting in a room of people having fun. Weird. So good. Yep. I would so love good. to be a square dance caller. I was talking to Brian about this. You know, that, you that's like learn. my dream. I'm gonna have to try to learn. You can learn. Shell is an amazing teacher. Shell, our caller, is yeah. an amazing teacher. And is the caller always part of the band? Uh, no, but you have to have a caller. Because they tell you what dance to do. Mm. And they teach you how to do it. I've and asked you so you many questions it. about the square dancing. I've learned zero. We'll have Sean on to talk about square dancing. But it is, a, it is, it's an amazing, it's, a, it's that feeling. And I assume, like, like Dungeons and Dragons and LARPing, that thing where you're, you're doing something childlike without the person who's telling you you're being a child. Yeah. You're doing something and everybody's in. And it has to be good for you. Like, it has to make you live longer. It's great. I've yeah. taken Brady there. If you, you don't know Brady, but you've seen Brady. Yeah. Brady is this, like, an, like, kind of the quintessential stereotype 90s skateboarding guy who's yeah. still the 90s skateboarding guy, mm-hmm. like... <laughs> yeah, I think we get it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he was, like, square dancing. No, thanks. And he went, and he had a great time, and he went again, uh-huh. and he went again. No I, way. Yeah. Without you? No, oh. no. He but went he, with But me. he wasn't, he was more willing. He was more willing. The first <laughs> time he just went because he was like, I have to do this, right? right? right. And I was like, mm-hmm. It amazes mm-hmm. me, because we're super aggressive about, you have to get out and try it once. Yeah. Like, don't just sit there. Don't watch. This is not a dog and pony show. Don't just watch the dancing, because you can't actually have that much fun. Get out and do it once, and then be like, oh, that was easy and fun, and it felt... Even even your most novice and horrible dancer is going to have fun doing it. That's cool. Because they're, I mean, it's, and all of a sudden it looks like you're doing something. Yeah. Everybody gets their lefts and rights wrong. Of course. And that's so important to do that kind of shit now. Yeah. I should do some of that stuff. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, 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 we've mentioned it. You've I mentioned it LARP. many times that you wanted to show up at a square dance. I know. It's never going to happen. I that's just okay. hate live music. We have a better happen. chance of showing up. And, and interviewing LARPers than we have I know I could maybe LARP I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I could Come I on. really want to I want to be able to it's hard to not be too cool it really is but yeah. if you're at the thing and you're not doing it well then you're not cool <sighs> everybody that's there is doing it and they're cool I don't know if that's how I would feel I'm oh I know what <laughs> But what if somebody takes a we picture? We should go, of me? and we could see we could see Rock and Roll Girlfriend, oh, I'm in. and New Old Future. I'm in. Yeah. Awesome, um, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank yeah, you. it was so much fun. All right, um, and and people, uh, now is a good time to to think about things like Trout Unlimited or Pheasants Forever or anybody uh, that are kind of doing 
really important stuff on all of our behalf right now. Um, yeah. Uh, even if you're not into hunting or fishing or whatever, they're protecting resources that are valuable to us. Yeah. Um, so sack up. Uh, <laughs> this has been Jamie. <laughs> Travis present. present. <laughs>